Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey, everybody. Welcome on back. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Alrighty, guys, it's uh, the Rubbin' is Racing podcast. As I said, it's Large and Spider and Liam and Quiggs. Uh, we just left uh, Atlanta. Spider and I did not go down there. I've never been to Atlanta. Have you been there for a race live? Uh, I have not been to the, the track. No, I know you live there. I've been yeah. to Atlanta before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we lived there, jeez, um, uh, back in 2000. Annie and I lived there for just over a year, worked for uh, SunTrust. Were you into racing then? No, you, you know, that was the first time I'd ever watched a race. A good friend of mine, uh, Sue and her husband, John, had invited us over for a race. I had brought over those uh, that little uh, remote control stock car. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah, <laughs> those things are awesome. Yeah, yeah, I brought that over. John uh, was uh, smoking ribs on the thing. We watched a great, and it was the one where, um, it was one where Dale had died. Oh, that wow. was the first NASCAR race I ever watched from start to finish on TV. So it was something else, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, so then I, I've had a casual interest since then. And obviously it picked up a couple of years ago when I went down to Daytona with you and Jetski and Amy and all that yeah, stuff. And, and dr- uh, driver, I mean, how could Uber you driver not love Debbie. it? Uber. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we're going to start off this week uh, in a little bit of a different way because apparently NASCAR is filled with punks. So we're going to do the NASCAR police blotter. Right. We thought the biggest news entering this week in Atlanta was going to be the Denny Hamlin um, fine. Right. For his comments that he said on his podcast, which, by the way, he's now appealing, says he wasn't going to appeal. He's appealing now. We'll get to that in a second. But the bigger story is probably the level two penalties uh, uh, handed to uh, Hendricks Motorcamp. Uh, motorsports. So the whole camp, the numbers five, uh, number five, 24, 48, all docked 100 owner points as well as 10 playoff points. The number nine was not docked driver points due to Josh Berry subbing in for Elliott. So it was all about those louvers that we had mentioned yep. uh, briefly, which were removed. Uh, so it didn't affect the race, but they did get fined uh, pretty heavily. So after Phoenix two weeks ago, Alex Bowman was the points leader, but with the penalty, he fell to 23rd. William Byron with two wins. Uh, dropped to 29th, and then Kyle Larson to 32nd. So it was a pretty big deal. It was a pretty big deal to have these fines um, and points uh, deductions levied down on top of the Denny Hamlin uh, fiasco. And then it became a bigger deal, this police blotter, on Saturday when during the Xfinity race, and uh, albeit with a much smaller player, this guy Josh Williams parked his car on the start-finish line hopped out and walked to the pits throwing up the deuces 
Uh, his car was involved in an accident with debris falling from his car. It prompted a caution flag leading to NASCAR to order him to park, which is a death sentence, right? That's saying that you're done for the day. So it was that bear bond stuff. Atlanta, again, was unseasonably cold. We've had unseasonably cold and windy conditions you know, throughout most of the front uh, end of this Cup Series season. And so Bear Bond wasn't sticking. He was flying off. Uh, Josh was under the impression that he should have been uh, he should have been able to continue, maybe getting you know get sent back a lap, which right. he would have made off on one of the multiple cautions that we had in the Cup Series race, particularly in Stage One. Excuse me, the uh, Xfinity race, particularly in Stage One on Saturday. Race was very very tough to watch. So Josh, uh, so Josh gets out of his car and uh, and walks off. And um, I had listened to a interview with him, and he was like, I was going to go and get my phone. They were like, no, you got to go to the truck. I was going to go and get out of my suit. They're like, no, you got to go to the truck. So there was still 100 and some odd laps left to go. He was in the truck for two hours before anybody had spoke to him. And then finally they did speak to him. He didn't show a tremendous amount of contrition. They handed him a one-race suspension. That's what NASCAR did. They were, everyone was wondering what's going to happen. Is it going to be a suspension? Is it going to be a fine? He got a one-race suspension with no fine. Denny had stepped up on social media and said, I'll pay whatever fine it is. And then after getting the one-race suspension, this is the statement from Josh Williams. After the release of NASCAR's statement today about the penalty, I want to take the time to say thank you. I want to thank every one of my sponsors for the continued support. And he goes through all the sponsors, including Peg Like Porker, which is one of my favorite barbecue places in the fucking world. It's in Nashville. The wings, of all things there, are absolutely elite. He wants to say thank you to all the fans for sticking by my side and showing love. I stand behind what I did, and I don't regret my decision. I stand behind NASCAR for these decisions and will continue and always continue to support them. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I hope the loyal fans of NASCAR continue to fill the infields and grandstands. We'll be back stronger and ever, ready to get the 92 DGM racing team Chevy back up front. Peace and love, Josh Williams. I think that's spot on. He's (laughs) going to be back bigger and better than ever. I feel like as much as uh, NASCAR was not a fan of this move, everyone watching at home was. It's hard not to be like respecting what he did. And, you know, and it wasn't the right move, obviously. It's a little bit of a tantrum. I love this kid. It's it's personality. It's like, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is throwing a little bit of a tantrum, and it's not really right. the, the most sportsmanship uh, I've ever seen. But at mm-hmm. the same time, we we as NASCAR fans are always so desperate for a look at these guys' like personalities. And even with that statement, I just think, like, I don't know, that's a good glimpse at like who Josh is. He's got a lot of people eyes on him now, and I think all things considered, he's handling it relatively well i'm going to see if we can get him by the end of the week i'm going to reach out to him personally because i don't know if nascar wants to set us up with this with this punk but uh <laughs> it winds up i've been following his wife on tiktok no bonk for bonk. ages i'm and still bonking you. i know i made her cowboy cabinet like these candied jalapenos things she's a she's by the way she's a beautiful woman and she bonk. cooks yeah i know and what it, it is what it is i'm happily married um she cooks out of their uh rv as she travels around with her husband and um and then on top of all this, he's selling shirts now, um, which has him, you know, doing this as he's walking through the infield with the car in the uh, foreground. So go to a Josh Six Williams dot com. All the proceeds go to his charity, 
which is he just goes from hospital to hospital. He visits, I believe, children's hospitals. I think he's done over 110 of them. So this guy is him. Yeah, that's yeah, what I him. mean. So yeah. it, like he turned a uh, like a not great moment for mm-hmm. in into a platform where several people are looking at him and then learning about all the charitable stuff and the stuff he does and is interested in off the track, which is very respectable. Short track racing guys, never been in like the best equipment, right. small team. So being parked, you know, for one race this season, having to apply for that waiver for the playoffs later on, it doesn't help a small team. Yeah. Like ending his day as opposed to just putting him back a lap to get you know some fresh bear bond or whatever on it would have probably been the move. I don't think I agree with what NASCAR... I can't agree with what he did either because it's not the right thing. Well, I'll say this. I disagree vehemently with him going on the mic and saying, what are they going to do, find me? I can't afford to pay it. <laughs> yeah. Because then, uh, you know, like never show your cards. NASCAR pivoted and suspended him for a couple races. This is a guy that clearly just threw a tantrum because he wants to race. Right. So uh, even worse punishment for josh just because you know he he spoke too much as did denny on the actions detrimental podcast i'm gonna gonna talk about that next i will tell you again though josh six williams i just picked up the shirt um they make them that big they make them up to five xl yeah by the way happy birthday spider holy shit his birthday and he throws a fat joke so for everyone who doesn't know today is dave portnoy's birthday he's kind of our our boss. More importantly, though, it's Spider's birthday. He turns 37 years old. That's what? right. He turns 27 years old today. So Dave's happy birthday, lucky Spider. to share a birthday with me. Right. No, just kidding. So, but happy I, birthday, Dave. I listened to Josh a little bit. Yeah, on, Dave, uh, Dave's probably going to listen to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's I, listening. <laughs> uh, Josh was on uh, Door Bumper Clear this week, which is, I mean, I, people who are listening to this probably already know about that. It's a great podcast also. And uh, just a very, like, I would like to go down to wherever he is and drink bourbon with him and watch this week's race he's got nothing else to do because he's suspended but uh but anyway so that's josh williams the denny thing is a little bit more interesting i think too because fifty thousand dollar fine doc 25 driver points and he was like you know what i'm fighting it and i i think there's a little bit of a nuance here because um you know denny had said that he had uh spun out ross chastain on actions detrimental a couple of days after the race had occurred in Phoenix, right? We're talking about Phoenix. Yep. And um, as a result, he got fined after the fact. And I'm thinking to myself, how many times have we seen uh, wrecks caused intentionally where the driver who's involved just didn't open their mouth? Right. Like if that person was to be like, oh, you know what? Denny just got in trouble for it. Like if Logano says, well, I did the same thing to somebody. Is that, in, you know. In- exactly. Or or they, Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going back to uh, Bubba Wallace on Kyle Larson at Kansas, and it's like, uh, I may, it might not have been Kansas. When he took Kyle Larson out of the race and then said, oh, no, I didn't do it intentionally, he was only suspended for one race. Mm-hmm. So, like, to your point, in my opinion, that was a lot more damning of a moment than this. Right. And and he took out a playoff driver. Christopher Bell was caught in the, in the mayhem in that scenario. So, yeah, for the same, I don't know. Are you, but do you get the feeling that this week in particular, I, I start off with a police blotter for, you know, the Hendricks guys, um, you know, uh, Josh Williams, Denny. There's a lot of beef. There's a lot of static. Like Kyle Bush had got up there and said there's no more respect in between uh, drivers anymore. And he started mentioning all the old heads there. We're lucky enough that we're going to be speaking with um, 
Joey Logano a little later on. We got Joey Logano coming up in just a minute and whatnot. But I wonder, you know, are people just about at the end of their at the end of their ropes with some of the antics where the fans love it? Like I think I think you know, from a advertiser's perspective, what Josh Williams did put more eyes on Josh Williams than a Josh Williams win. Yeah. You know, so is that the way that it should be or is the way that it's going? I don't know. So I, either way, I think that Denny Hamlin probably has a leg to stand on here. And I think they should go easy on him because there was also a wild scene in Atlanta, inexplicable. After Brad K lost, he got out of his car and he walked direct. Did you see the porta potty? Well, thing? before you get to that, to answer your last question, sorry, I was trying to think of, of a, a remark, yeah. a response. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say is, yeah, sure, that definitely seems like there's a lack of respect amongst some drivers okay. and like you know rivalries brewing. But I think that's always been the case. I also look at what Brad Kay said when he got after got out after the, he uh, finished the race at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He was talking highly of the respect that drivers have for each other and how exciting the finish was because they were able to race the way that they were racing and you know no one caused an incident and that everyone was relatively respectful of of each other. So yeah, I think I think it's like a balance. I think you need the rivalries mm-hmm. cuz that drives viewership, that drives, you know, engagement, that gets people talking about everything that's happening. But at the same time, um you can't penalize these guys too much. Denny, at the end of the day, he went on his podcast promoting yeah. the sport, talking about it, getting more viewership, more listeners. And uh, sure, maybe he said too much and maybe he admitted he was guilty. But I don't know. I still think what he and Josh are doing, it, at least to some degree, is beneficial. It's actions detrimental, right? So that's the podcast and that's one of the things that he's being fined for. And now there's also an argument that maybe talking about it on a podcast is also detrimental to NASCAR. It's like a player in the NBA complaining about uh, the referees. I That's think an automatic fine. They should only really be. I don't actually. Never mind. I'll, I'll hold that take. But, I was going to say they should only be punished for what occurs on track. I, I don't. I don't mind that. E- or immediately. Like, not after yeah. Denny talks about right. it. on, You're right. But perhaps that compounds it. We're living in a new world. So that's how NASCAR is taking care of it so far. We'll see how it pans out. We always have something happen during races that's a little wild. Like when the cat was on the track, and I think at Fontana, and we've had a couple of, you know, wild things. I thought the clip of Denny Hamlin walking into a porta potty on Brad K while he's taking a dump was a wild <laughs> clip. <laughs> I, but like so, believe me, I lost money responsibly on Brad Keselowski this week. I was riding his jock. I had him across the board. I want a little bit of dough on him. Um, thank God for Corey LaJoy with the top five finish. But is he like I was all I was following Brad K closer than I've ever followed him before, and I followed him all the way to the fucking porta potty with his helmet on. And his fire suit on. So he it must have been code brown for this guy. So he's he had to have zipped down and have been, you know, basically, you know, you know, naked from the waist up. And then Denny, why doesn't he flip the Yeah, the rookie move by Brad K. Come on, man. No veteran. one wants to see that. Yeah. And so people who didn't see uh Denny Hamlin casually walks over to use the same porta potty. And he walked in, and he, you know, he basically looked into the inferno. It was just an absolute embarrassment. He quote tweeted the clip. He said it smelled like Hawaiian rolls in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that Hawaiian rolls call. Yeah, no, it's yeah. awesome. Um, but also, uh, 
Like, yeah, one, locked the door. Two, are we sure he was dumping? He had to have been. Because there's no way you come out of a race like that. This was after a race where he just got edged by Joey Logano, right? This was this is a race where there's going to be a thousand microphones in his face. He must have had. He yeah, must have been he must crowning. have had one brewing. Yeah, yeah, he must have been crowning. because he could piss in his fire suit if he had to, right? Like, he, like they say that that happens all yeah. the time. So, so De- Denny must have too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, but Denny didn't have as much as many things on him. Like Denny could have been going in just to hit the vape. <laughs> That's me saying that. Um, um, so I don't my, know. My other question is like, what is this cameraman doing? Yeah, because yeah. it was it was a, sped up like probably four x. Right. The guy followed Brad to the bathroom yeah. and then stayed on the shot. Right. And then when Denny walked in, he like the camera zoom moved. So like the the <laughs> operator was very much present. He didn't just walk away from you the got, camera. You got a question if he was in on it then? Yeah, <laughs> perhaps yeah. you'd never see. So the cameraman saw. That the thing didn't go occupado. Oh. So he sent Denny Hamlin in to get a little. Yeah, there we go. It's like an impractical joker's bit. He probably had an earpiece in. Denny should be fine if that's true for embarrassing Brad (laughs) Kay after that. NASCAR is probably going to find him after listening to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Recap of the weekend. Trucks and Xfinity hosted a doubleheader on Saturday. Austin Hill won his third NASCAR Xfinity Series race of the season, one that featured a record 12 cautions for 68 laps. It was a brutal... Like, we're trying to create the narrative that Xfinity is as good, sometimes better, than the Cup Series stuff on Sunday. And we've seen that earlier in the season. We didn't see it this weekend. It was a brutal race to watch. The end was pretty pretty cool. The end was pretty explosive. Parker Kligerman's Sherry uh, turned sideways across the front bumper of Hemrick's car and hit the right rear of Austin Hill, who righted himself and was able to uh, to win the race. Hill maintained control. Kligerman slid backwards across the finish line in fourth, and then Ryan Truex edged up and took uh, the third spot. I feel like he's been running good on the X. Ryan Truex, yeah. 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 So there was a little bit of fireworks in and around the end of the race, but otherwise it was pretty goddamn brutal. And you also had the Josh Williams uh, thing, which was certainly photogenic, but it had nothing to do with real racing. Uh, going into Sunday, we all know that William Byron was seeking his third straight win, right? We had talked about him uh, quite a bit. And then Chevrolet was seeking its fifth straight uh, win to open 2023. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but no manufacturer won five straight to open a season since 1995. So it's been a while. Chevy did it back then, 28 years. But both Ford and Joey Logano said not so fast. So um, this was one of those stories where Atlanta has basically been turned into a super speedway. People are complaining about it, right? They, they, it's a one-and-a-half-mile track, but they repaved. They increased the banks from 24 to 28 degrees. Uh, they narrowed the width of the racing surface from 55 to 40 feet, right? So a lot of single-lane single, single lane, uh, racing. And I, I don't like it. As much like when I'm in a super speedway and we're big in Daytona and Talladega in a couple of weeks, I think it kind of masks the fact that super speedway racing is not as much fun to watch. And Atlanta essentially made their race course not as much fun to watch. Uh, what? You don't think so? I, I think Fontana is going to do the same thing. They're going to take that race. They're going to take that racetrack. And, that's going to be like a short, a short track. No, I know. I'm, I'm saying like I don't think that Atlanta needed to do this. I know the drivers hate it. I know some people are, are not fond of it. Mm-hmm. I will always love super speedway racing. It's fucking exciting. Any, literally anyone can win the race. You're talking about uh, um, gambling. Mm-hmm. You want a, a place to gamble. Go to Talladega. Go to, go to fucking Daytona. 
even Atlanta, I, I'm fond of New Atlanta. Maybe it's because I don't have a tremendous history of what it used to be and the greatness, you know, like we're relatively new fans. But at the same time, I'm watching that race, like Brad K, Brad K said, they're too, they're, they're too wide at the finish. Any one of those guys late could win. I didn't know if it was going to be Blaney. I didn't know if it was going to be Cindric. Uh, and then it looked like the inside line wasn't working and it was going to be like, you know, um, I'm even I'm forgetting who was there late. But yeah, like there were so many people in the race late that I thought had a chance. Like Eric Jones shot up to the back. Ross Chastain for a second looked like he was a factor. Brad Kay was there. I think for the majority of the race, though, if you're back in the pack and it becomes this fucking single lane, like it's not three wide, five wide like we saw in Phoenix yeah. coming around that turn, I think you're absolutely screwed. There's nothing that you can do, particularly with the way that NASCAR is calling cautions and whatnot, to sort of increase your position without doing something that's going to, you know, cause a flag. I, I, I don't know. It just it seems like one of those things where I'd be very happy if it was just Daytona and uh, and Talladega. I'd I'd rather watch momentum and like you know arrow mm-hmm. packages and that sort of passing rather than just like I don't know. To me, old Atlanta was just like who can take care of their tires the best because from the what surface, I remember. Yeah. From what I remember. And now I I don't know. It just turns into real pack racing. Uh, Logano, Logano dominated, right? I mean, he won and he dominated. He started on the pole. He won the first stage wire to wire, leading the first 63 laps. Uh, second stage, uh, Austin Sindrick won, right? So it's his Penske teammate. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit too. All told, Logano led 140 of the 260 laps. Keselowski was second with uh, 47 laps. Logano got a late bump from Chris Bell to pass Brad Kay, his former uh, Penske teammate. Um, it broke my heart. Right, because I was all over Brad Kay, and the end of the race was relatively clean. And the exact quote that you're talking about from Keselowski was, the coolest thing about this race is veterans showed you can run a race here side-by-side, bump drafting, and not wreck the field. It can happen if you race respectfully. Like, that's what he had said. So, um, And there were a couple of bumps and a couple of wrecks. One that sent you into orbit when you had seen uh, Kevin Harvick get spun out, what you thought by, by Chastain. Ross Chastain. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought, knowing the history yeah. and, the, and the reputation that Ross has, or people are quick to say, oh, Ross wrecked another person. Um, I, I think it was safe to assume that maybe that was the case. But after review and after several tweets were posted saying, oh, Ross did it again, it turned out he didn't make contact. Yeah, uh, but it did cause a massive wreck on the backstretch. Then 19 laps later... Eric Amarola uh, blew a tire. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Again, super speedway racing, um, two kind of unique incidents instead of the big one that uh, caused a lot of drama. So Eric Amarola blowing a tire from the lead, and then another leader, um, Kevin Harvick, yeah. who led getting getting uh, loose, we'll call it. So, yeah, pretty interesting that both those things occurred and were exciting drama, and they weren't you know, the traditional big one at a super speedway. One more point for pack race. <laughs> so you had a lot of people who had a lot of money on William Byron, Quiggs included, but by the end of the race, you had Daniel Suarez, Eric Amarola, Kyle Larson, uh, William Byron, Kevin Harvick, Harrison Burton, Chris Buescher, and BJ McLeod all not finish. Yeah. All DNF. So there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of people who just didn't uh, finish. I thought before he got hit again, when Harvick spun out and like regained control, mm-hmm. it was like the most impressive thing yeah. I've ever seen. 
It, it, yeah. It was crazy. As much as you'll be like, oh, he just wrecked and didn't even get touched. What an idiot. Like, what is this guy doing? At least that's like what the the rookie uh, people I were watching with were saying. And it's like, um, I don't know. Then you see him pull that. They'll do like the nastiest move to either keep it out of the wall, save it, spin their car. Oh, whoops. Spin their car around. Or like when they celebrate and it's like, damn, these guys really are nice with it. Yeah, They're yeah. wheelmen. Yeah, particularly the veterans. Yeah. Um, but the most important part of the race, I guess, and we'll talk about some of the outperformers, particularly Spider has his whole list, but the winner of the race was the number 22 car, Joey Logano, and we have him right now. Let's go three wide with Joey Logano. Hey, everybody. So as uh, promised, we're three wide with Joey Logano. Uh, Joey picks up his 32nd win this weekend in um, in Atlanta, and he just throws this trophy on a shelf behind uh, last year's championship trophy. Just for people who don't know, before Joey got on, he had to shuffle the trophies to make sure they were all getting equal time, which is a flex because I haven't won a trophy since high school uh, baseball. Joey, welcome to the show. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I just had to make sure the backdrop looked good, you know? I, I didn't have him in the right place. And make I don't it know. It felt like it looked better. I'm trying to do it right for you guys. Absolutely. You don't need to impress us anymore. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, Spider and I had met you for the first time, I believe, in Nashville last year, you and your lovely wife, when um, at the award ceremony. And at the award ceremony, you gave a great speech and you said 2022 is the year of the 22. That led me to believe that maybe you're going to step aside for Bubba this year. At what point did you say, you know what, fuck Bubba, I'm going for a repeat? <laughs> Pretty much immediately. Yeah. Right <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we had to change our model, right? It was 22 and 22 last year. This yeah. year, it's never enough. It's yes. never enough because we, we got to combat the uh, the old uh, post championship slump that you hear so much of in sports, right? You got to be able to, to go against that and. Um, the whole this whole thing starts from Jim Farley. He's the CEO of Ford, and I'm in his office. And after we won the championship, and the first thing he said wasn't congratulations. It wasn't like anything that I expected walking in there. He goes, "Well, next year probably won't be as good. You know, you, you won yeah. the championship this year. You're probably not as hungry. You're like, eh, you know." And I'm like, "Huh? I'm like, wait a minute. Where where are we going with this?" And so at that point, we decided never enough was the team motto this year. Got hats and everything. I sent them an email and I said, I'll send you a hat and some trophies. That was it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, extra motivation. I'm pretty sure he knew exactly what he was doing when he was saying this because it, it worked. If you send some merch over here, we'll be sure to rock it. Let me ask you something, though, is we're doing a weekly podcast and you start to go five or six weeks into the season and people are like, you know, Joey's still searching for his first win. And, and they're saying it about everybody else who hasn't won yet, obviously. Is that unfair? Like, is this, you know, it's a long season. Valentine's Day through Thanksgiving is a long season. At what point would you have been, I mean, I, I remember you were airborne in Las Vegas. I took a picture of you actually, you know, <laughs> leaving the time. So, but at what point would you have said, you know what, Joey, let's buckle down. We got to get a fucking win this year. At what point would it have been like the pressure was on the championship winner from the year before? Uh, Daytona first race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean that's what it is for me. Sure. I get the the goal is to win them all, right? Mm -hmm. So you show up to win, and you know we were shoot, we were in our meetings before we went there, and we're talking about you know it's been a while, you know, like we need to win. Well, it's been a while. It's been like six weeks, you know, like if you count the clash or whatever, like it's been six races since we won. We better we better figure out how to win, uh, right? And it's just something about like 
getting that win early in the season, getting that momentum built up, getting into the playoffs, right? Getting that spot locked in there. Uh, all those things just really just helps a lot, right? With the team and, and the momentum and the mentality. Uh, and now we can race aggressively, right? It changes the way you head to the racetrack where it's like, man, we just, we don't want to, you know, lose too many points if we get ourselves on our back foot and trying to get into the playoffs. Well, now we can be leading off. Now we can be aggressive. We can be, uh, you know, whether it's strategy or myself behind the wheel, I can make big moves. And if it doesn't work, eh, not the end of the world, right? But it's worth the move to, to try to win races now. How are you feeling about uh, your team's efforts, specifically the 22 car? I mean, the first couple races were dominated by Chevys. I know you talked about the clash, but from Daytona on, it's been all Chevys. And then you break the trend there this weekend. What was your sentiment prior to you winning? How how confident were you? And, and what did it take to really shake that mold of just, uh, like you said, the hangover and the Chevy parade up front? Yeah, I think... Um... You know, there's a lot of changes that were made over the offseason. All the manufacturers got to resubmit their nose, the new the front ends of their car. And there's a box that NASCAR gives you that you got to be within when it comes to downforce or drag, right? And it's all got to kind of add up to where all the cars are equal. But they're not actually equal. Some cars are better at some tracks than others. And uh, the decisions that we made over the offseason – uh, are, are pretty apparent that we are going to be good at places where there's long straightaways, cars going fast, you're on the gas a lot. So Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta, Michigan, Fontana, like tracks are big tracks with a lot of speed. Um, that's where our cars are probably going to shine the most. Um, and going into Atlanta, we felt like, okay, this is in our wheelhouse. We better take advantage of this opportunity. Um, not that we're going to not have a chance to win at these other tracks, but it's just going to be harder. And so we got to make sure we're perfect. Not only when we have the opportunity to win, like we did at Atlanta, but we got to be absolutely perfect when we go to Coda this weekend and, and all the way through the season, just the details are mattering so much now as the field keeps getting closer too. right now. We're in the second year, the next gen car and the field lap time wise is just ridiculously close. So the only way you beat people now is the little things, restarts, strategy, um, right? Just the, the making sure your setup is perfect when the race starts. If you're off the first run, you're never going to make it up. Uh, those type of things. We just got to be money all the time. Does this take the pressure off you then this week? I know, I know you'd said that, you know, you've had the pressure since Daytona, particularly on yourself. But then after getting a win at a track where you should have won, or perhaps should have won. Mm -hmm. And you go to Coda, to a road course, where you're not one of the favorites, obviously, you know, in one of these road course things. Can you play even looser than this week, saying, hey, listen, this isn't a Joey Logano track. I mean, make sure you put a couple of bucks on me when we get to Talladega, <laughs> but this isn't a Joey, which you would never say, because right, but I might. This isn't a Joey Logano track, so I could play fast and loose and kind of have a good time this weekend at Coda. How do you feel going, to, going into Coda? I would never think that way. Okay. And I, I can't afford to think that way because I've realized that not only myself, but my whole team is better under pressure, right? We are better when the playoffs start. We are better when our back's up against the wall. And as soon as you get relaxed and comfortable and go into the racetrack for fun. Yeah. That's that doesn't when happen. That's yeah. when it's game over, right? Like you can't like. 
this isn't for fun anymore, guys. Like this is not like I don't show up to the racetrack to have a good time. I'm I'm there to work and win. That's it. And so it's a maximize whatever we got that weekend and try to get the most out of the day. And is that a good time? No, but it's my job. It's what I get paid to do. It's what countless other people that build the race cars get paid to do. And we're and they're relying on on our performance for their bonus, right? Like their Christmas bonus depends on what we do on the racetrack. And if we go there relaxed and fun and just hanging loose, having a big old time, going to dinner late at night or whatever the heck we do, well, now I'm just kind of screwing over the people that that are trying really hard for me, right? Like right. that wouldn't be a good team member at that point is what I'm trying to say. So uh, we, we keep the pressure on and, you know, we always, I always say to my team, we're the favorites to win every race. I don't care where it's at. If we are prepared and we are 100%, we're the best team out there if we do our jobs. So you mentioned the team, which is which brings up an interesting question. Super Speedway track, there's always the question of teammates versus, you know, single driver. How, like, at what point uh, is it not a team sport? The broadcast was was mentioning, like, you know, some of your teammates and how they might have momentum and be able to swing by you. Were you ever concerned about them doing that? Or were you ever disappointed also in the the lack of help you got on the inside line? I know you were kind of, it's seemingly at a disadvantage running the inside line uh, compared to the outside there. And then the, the broadcast kept mentioning that um, the Penske car should line up and stay in line more. But it worked out in your favor. What do you think? And uh, I don't know how much of this is a team sport at these super speedways. Uh, a fair amount is is a team sport on on the speedways, right? And there's areas where we race, right? And then and and then there's areas where like, okay, it's best for us to stay in line and, and try to make it happen. And if you look at the last few laps at Atlanta, right, the last forty laps or whatever, like green flag run, you know, we all got down to the bottom. We knew the team Penske cars were the fastest cars on the racetrack, and we knew if we were in the preferred lane, which was the top lane, we did this earlier in the race. We can draw out that lane and no one can even compete with us. Right. But we weren't in the front at the time, right? We were we were kind of back around 15th or so. And so we go down there and we start working together. And all of a sudden we find ourselves at the front row kind of racing back and forth. Um, and, you know, it, being down on the bottom pitches the car off. It's like, right, you got to ask more of the car is grinding the front tires off of it. You got to lift a little bit more. Um, so it's harder to make that lane work. And the fact that we made it work for as long as it did was pretty impressive. But what ended up happening is the last 10 laps of the race, the five laps of the race, it started getting harder and harder to keep the cars close together. Not because we didn't want to or right. teamwork was going out the window. Is it the car's capability wasn't there anymore as the tires are wearing out. And so once we started kind of separating and getting further apart, like you said, that's when we started kind of falling backwards. And it was like, ah, oh, no, this isn't going to work out. Until the very end when I got a uh, a push from LaJoy, and that was kind of what, what sent me in front of Brad. Talk about that push from LaJoy. What's the etiquette there? Like, I know Corey had said, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm hoping that Logano gives me at least a thank you. You got a little push from Bell later on <laughs> in the thing. So even outside of teammates, to get that push, being an Italian guy from Connecticut, you send him a bottle of Chianti? I mean, what what's the <laughs> etiquette on that type of stuff? I might, I might owe him a ham and cheese sandwich or something, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Corey and I grew up together, so there's plenty of jokes that go back and forth. And if we're being honest, Corey has wrecked so many of my side-by-sides <laughs> yeah. over the years and has never paid to fix any of them. 
So he owed me a few is what I think. And so, uh, yeah, well, maybe we'll call it even now after yeah. all the stuff he's wrecked of mine over the last 20 years. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the pushes are, it's it's part of it, right? And then mm-hmm. he was able to give me the, the push I needed. And then off of turn two, uh, you know, kind of realizing the situation when Brad went and clamped my side and kind of got us up next to the wall. I saw the 20 had a huge run. Um, and was able to back up to him to give him a bigger run. And he, he actually hit me. It's a seven-mile-an-hour impact when he hit me. That's how hard he hit the back really? of my car. And it sent me forward into turn three just like we needed to clear them all. So Joey, big, big I got a surprise guess. In the last lap. Joey, will you unblock me? <laughs> unblock you. <laughs> do, I need, do I have you blocked? Yeah, you have me blocked. You I called it? you Slogano. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> We'll keep you blocked then. Oh, yeah. come were, on. Hey, were you wrong? Were you sounds wrong? Like, sounds like you're slow. Uh, yeah. It looks like it, doesn't it? I can't see that well. I don't have my glasses on. Oh, those, are, those are trophies from being fast, yeah. but yeah, whatever. I don't see anything back there. See you later, Slogano. <laughs> Big Cat knows very little about racing and very little about speed. You can tell by the size of them. Um, talk, about, talk, talk about the race again, though. You and Brad Kay, with all the fines and suspensions that are being thrown around, right? There's a lot of, like, nonsense that's happening in and around. And, you know, a lot of it's louvers and you know people parking on the start finish line and we've seen how a lot of races have gone this year particularly towards the end of of the race how it gets just a little bit murky you guys ran such a clean race and it seemed like there's such a mutual respect between you two former teammates i know you're saying you're not having a good time necessarily on the uh on on when you're on the racetrack but when you see brad k there is there a different mindset where it's like, this is just plain old racing against a veteran that I'm familiar with. Let's just sort of grind it out. Um, I mean, Brad and I know each other really, really well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we were teammates for almost 10 years. Right. Um, right. Like we, we still hang out with each other. Our wives know each other. Our kids hang out together. Like we know each other really, really well. Um, you broke his heart. Said, Either, with that said, you did just break his heart. You know, just a couple yeah. of days ago. Well, <laughs> with that said, when you go on the racetrack, you put a helmet on, all that doesn't matter. None of it, it doesn't matter. And you can't let it matter. Um, so when we're racing there at the end, like, yeah, we're going to race hard. It's going to be probably aggressive and some moves and stuff like that, right? We've, we've never been perfect around each other, believe me, right? Daytona 500 comes to mind when we ended up in a ball of fire in the same situation. So, you know, it's you don't know exactly what you're going to be up against all the time. Um, but I do know Brad, I do know his spotter really well, and you kind of understand some of their moves a little bit on what, what's coming your way. Um, the last thing you want to do is wreck, right? Like when you're that close and you're going to get a solid finish, we want to try to win the race and do everything, but we don't want to end up not even finishing in in an Atlanta race. So, you know, I I think that was kind of in the both of our minds. Um, right. I was able to make the move. He tried to block it, but he was already too late. I was already there. And so at that point, it was just a clean game on race from there. So you mentioned a couple spots where we can expect Penske to have speed, but what is it going to take for you to defend your title? How many more wins can you predict, expect? Is there a number you have in your mind? What do you think is gonna it's going to be look like the task ahead of you if you want to win the, the cup championship again? Uh-huh. 
How many more races do we have? I knew that. So that's 31? It. 30, yeah, there's 31. It's exactly About what 31 races? Yeah. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the goal. That's where we're at. Uh, now, obviously, that's probably unachievable, most likely. Uh, but the goal is to win every one of them, right? And like I said, that's how we have to approach every weekend. Um, but at this point of the season, right, if you come down a half a notch for me here, but it's, it's trying to score as many, you know, playoff points as we possibly can from winning your stage points, try to win the regular season points uh, championship, which we're leading right now by one point, but we're leading it. So we have a, a real opportunity to win that. So let's try to focus on getting that, get all the playoff points we can, because that's your, that's your cushion when you get in the playoffs, right? Like that's the ability to say, Oh no, we had a bad race in one of the rounds, but we have this cushion that keeps us, within the hunt that we don't have our backs up against the wall where we have to win. Um, right. So it's keep the pressure on right now and score as many points. We got to rack them in as many times as we can. Right. Cause right now, if the regular season ended and the champion, you know, the playoff started, we only got six points, right? Like six playoff points. It's not that much. So we got to We got to keep clicking them in here. All right, so I'm gonna I want to wrap it up. On top of being a, a great driver, um, especially no matter what Big Cat says. Matter of fact, if he calls you Slogano, I'm gonna call him Big Fat. Screw <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying, Spider? I'm Team Joey right now, right? <laughs> Better block than Brad K put on him at the end of the race. But on top of being a hell of a, 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 a I'm sorry about that. And by the way, I feel. I feel terrible for Brad when he went to use the men's room and then Denny Hamlin walks in on him. He's like, Jesus Christ, what do I got to do? You got to lock the door, bro. Yeah, you know, gotta, it's, it's there yeah, for a reason. Yeah, has to. Um, <laughs> but on top of being a great racer, you're also a good person. Uh, the Joey Logano Foundation, I know you and your wife do a lot of good things for a lot of people. What's the next thing coming up? Um, so we got, a, a, well, the typical stuff that we do throughout the year to, to help uh, these organizations that help with foster families, right, get help. What we do a lot of times is pour the fuel on the spark that these organizations already have started, right? Help giving these families and the kids the resources to become a contributing member of society, right? And you can imagine how hard it is, um, you know, for for not only the kids, but the families that are taking in these kids with so much things that have happened in their life and how to handle it all and how to help guide everybody. It's really, really challenging. So we try to lend a helping hand uh, in those situations as much as we can throughout the year. And and, um, and then we have a fundraiser coming up, which is going to be a ton of fun. It's a country music concert, uh, May 25th at the uh, Coyote Joe's down here in, in Charlotte. And we're going to have Randy Hauser. We got Lee Bryce. We got Mitchell Tenpenny. We got a bunch of uh, great country music singers that are going to be there. It's going to be a great time. There's still some tickets left. There's not many left, though. They're selling like hotcakes. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a good time. It's our first annual one. So we've already decided we're doing it again because it's going so well so far. So we're looking forward to that and uh, raising some money for these kids. we got so many great supporters with the foundation um, that, that really uh, put their hearts on, on the line here for, for these kids. So um, it's, it's a, a good time for my wife and I to, to help lead that that drive and and uh, and also shine some light on, on some of the issues that are going on. Fantastic. And you heard it here first, Joey Logano guaranteeing a win this weekend in Coda. Uh, Joey, you're an absolute gentleman and an even better champion. We hope to talk to you again. And we'll see you at Talladega. That's the next one. Uh, Spider and I will be boots on the ground. Absolutely. Come say hey. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, guys. Joey. See you, Joe. Keep on racing. All right. So that was Joey Logano. First time he's ever been on the show. 
Joe Logano, a hell of a nice guy and uh, obviously a very good driver. Um, we're going to do a little Twisted History segment, which we try to do every week, where I put something out there uh, from NASCAR's past. Uh, two things. We spoke about in 2001 uh, when Harvick won his first cup race, uh, you know, photo finish with Jeff Gordon, and he threw up the three in celebration, right? Uh, it was announced that Harvick will run that number 29 car uh, in the North Wilkesboro so All-Star sick. Race awesome. in May. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, that, yeah. that That's going to do well for people who are into history. It's going to uh, give me a little bit of blood flow. that whole race, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is all going to be like throwback themed, like yeah, uh, with awesome. the sponsorships and paint schemes and whatnot. Yeah. Which sometimes so, are more subtle than that, but like right. Harvick's is as throwback as you can get. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I'm sure I'm sure some teams and brands will be more willing to to be involved than others with in terms of their, you know, willingness to be committed to that whole throwback theme but it will be very interesting to see i can't wait to watch the 29 car with harvick is just one more reason it's kind of cool as shit um second thing i wanted to mention this was sent in uh guy jack on the dms um you know you see how people bounce around and have different sponsors on their car and whatnot or you know with different teams uh logano's win this weekend did you guys see this this little yeah stat? i saw that i think it's awesome i want to ask him about it was what his first it? win with penske uh when not Sponsored by Pensor. Yeah, I think it's yeah. third. It's a, no. It's a, this is his first win with Penske. Oh, when with not Pe- sponsored oh, okay. by Pensor. So this, this is how it breaks down historically. All twenty nine of his previous victories were with Pensor, but Sunday's was with Auto Trader. The last time he won without Pensor was June tenth, two thousand twelve, at Pocono when he was sponsored by Home Depot and raced for Joe Gibbs. Wow! Right. So that's how talk about Logano's. Career had gone. So the history of Joey Logano, that was 387 races ago, to put that in perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the history of Joey Logano wins. His first two wins were at the Home Depot car with uh, Joe Gibbs. Then over 387 races, he wins 29 of those with Shell Pennzoil on the hood. And now his latest is with Auto Trade. So the guys put together, you know, 32 wins or something like that. Three different sponsors. I, I bookmarked this. This is important because I often say, hey, if Ryan Blaney's not running in like his classic Menard scheme, mm-hmm. I don't really like him. Yeah. Yes. So I, I don't know if there's real like truth to that, but with this Joey Logano like fact, I'm going to consider that to be valid. It's like no different than than like last year uh, betting on Kyle Busch. I felt a, a little uncomfy with it if you weren't in the M&M's car. Yeah. Some things are just meant to be. Yeah. So even like Logano in a blue car, I don't know. He's meant to look like ketchup and mustard in my brain. So if he's not, I usually get uncomfy. Does that break the, uh, the, the, the streak then? Does that break the streak? Like is Logano deadly in an auto trade car now as much? Or do you go back saying this is a fluke? I only bet on him when, uh, when Penzo's on hood. I, I, uh, the yellow looks fast compared yeah, to yeah, like a yeah, na- they, deep yeah. navy blue. Like. Yeah. I don't know. That, you're going to have to ask me. You're going to have to remind me on that because yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. All right. We're going to go uh, right to the over-under because there was uh, so much action uh, this weekend down in Atlanta. So the over-under with Spider, what do you got this week? Yeah, so I was really impressed with Ty Gibbs, who finished ninth. We got Corey LaJoy, large. You cashed on him. He finished fourth. He looked really good here a year ago and then well as well as this weekend. Eric Jones, I want to commend on an unbelievable finish. He gained a shit ton of spots on the last lap um, to get an eighth place finish. Legacy Motor Club's been relatively quiet from what we had expected, um, speaking with them earlier this year. However, 
Super um, inspiring, encouraging speed out of Eric Jones late in the race. Two other guys I briefly want to mention. Noah Gregson uh, finishing 12th. Um, Again, his teammate Eric Jones. Both of them did a great job. uh, 8th and 12th respectively. And one last guy, Todd Gilland. So he's a guy that kind of got... um, railroaded earlier this year when it was announced that he wouldn't be driving as many races as originally thought and he's kind of back up against the wall at least from my perspective it seems he has to prove himself and he did a good job of that this past weekend with the 15th place finish so I want to say good job to Todd some guys that under delivered however I'm going to give you just a couple and it's two teammates of the winner Joey Logano Ryan Blaney another great opportunity for him to win Talk about a scheme. I know I said it just a second ago that he doesn't normally run. The Body Armor White uh, 12 car looked fucking badass. I thought I thought Blaney was a contender to win for real here. Um, and he honestly looked like it. But he also looked like the old Blaney we've seen at Super Speedway tracks before that struggled to really get the win when it mattered. And Austin Sindrick, I'm lumping into this category because the broadcast talked about his inability to stay in line. This is a guy that's won the Daytona 500 that has Super Speedway uh, experience or at least the ability to get a win. And it seemed like for whatever reason this past weekend, he was unable to stay in line with his teammates Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano which resulted in Joey Logano really having to struggle for that win that, as the broadcast said, should have been relatively easy given the position that Penske had. He had two teammates behind him. You look at Brad Kay, who was fighting feverishly for that win, and it looks like he had it locked up. Again, apologies large. Mm -hmm. Um, He had (laughs) Christopher Bell behind him. He had a rival, a different manufacturer, a non-teammate, whereas Joey Logano was able to get it done, but... The teammates behind him, I don't know. I needed more from them. And I also think Blaney could have been there with Logano side-by-side for the win. Especially in, like, stage when it mattered. Like, they were fine. Stage one and two, they were up there. But, like, when it got in a real race and they just kind of weren't there. You look at where they finished, Blaney didn't Blaney finished seventh. So like to be, you know, running second or third kind of consistently late in the race and to come away with a seventh place finish, I know that's still good at seventh place, top ten, and it is a super speedway. But back to my point, I think he could have won this fucking race. And it's another missed opportunity for Blaney. And I'm a big fan of him. I remain a fan of Ryan Blaney, but he keeps knocking on the door at some point we, we gotta get it done. I had underperforming was uh, Atlanta Super Speedway. I don't I don't like the uh, layout anymore. I mean, yeah. what do you think? I mean, we didn't go to you before. Yeah, so um, I thought stage one and two sucked. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought stage three was awesome. Um, but, yeah, it's still with the repave. It's if you're not in that top line, you're not doing anything. So it's single file racing. If you're in the bottom line, they're not really going to be making the pass. So – yeah, it's not really there yet, but I do think the last like fifty laps were awesome and they were clean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it was awesome. It, it, it was like, fun to watch. Like I was, where where are the caution flags being thrown out? You know, where are the caution flag? But it was uh, it was clean race. It was fun to watch at the end, even though it ripped my heart out. Um, I'm not going to bet. I'm going to say for the second week in a row, Cole Custer just needs to find a win or something here. I'm not going to bet on him anymore. I don't think. Yeah, no, no shame he, on he me. Is so that, that cycle. Does. Uh, did you guys listen to the broadcast? You, Mike Joy versus the world? Is that what's going on? Did so he, did he uh, Mike, Joy, Mike Joy was getting a lot of hate on Twitter, which, again, it's Twitter. It's b- per- basically invented for people to complain about things, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, 
and he was getting a lot of hate because he called the uh, the audience Twitter warriors. He's like, "Oh, let me let's put our new graphic on screen that shows the stage. Hopefully, this is okay with the the Twitter war or the keyboard warriors on Twitter or something like that." Yeah. So and my point, a, you know where to find me online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, I don't know. I mean, people have been critical of the broadcast before. I I don't necessarily I feel like Mike Joy was one of the few people that was safe from the crosshairs of Twitter up until this point and now he's got the target on his back himself. So I don't know, I'm not really necessarily fond of him acknowledging the haters. Just keep doing your yeah. thing, Mike Joy. You're a legend in the game. I, a lot of people like you. Sure, you know, the broadcast might leave some things to be desired, but as far as I'm concerned, that's a good thing. You have people that like your product that want more of it. So yeah, keep them coming. I think he's just become like he's kind of the face of the Fox broadcast. Yeah. So he gets a lot of the Twitter hate. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, if they go to a commercial and there's a wreck, it's like people are coming at Mike Joy. Yeah, he does old. he does take the heat. Um, I think he did say Nextel Cup series a couple of times and so people kinda of got on him for I that. But like again, that. they tend to they, they nitpick and whatnot. And we, we realize with so many laps being run under caution, these guys do run out of shit. I would never want to have that job. It's a tough job, yeah. and I give him credit. I mean, he does, uh, I don't know, like he's a, a different, he's like an older gentleman. And then he's got Clint and Tony who are down there just like right. making jokes and probably like ripping beers after the <laughs> broadcast. I, I think he does a good job, all things considered. But yeah. I don't like him just just broadcast let it go you're punching the tie <laughs> stick to it, sports it, yeah. i mean it was like in it was a little in jest like he wasn't saying it with any anger but yeah it was funny that he was just like <laughs> let him go hey, here here's our new graphic <laughs> let Mac, let let's hear what the keyboard warriors have to say about it you know where to find me shall i take your order or do you need a minute <sighs> yes i'll be ready just buying a car on carvana what it's super convenient i already got pre-qualified in two minutes all i had to do was answer a few questions what that's handy yeah now i'm customizing my down and monthly payments what that's an exquisite deal and just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. We're going to have a bunch of different faces, a couple that we remember from Daytona, a couple remember from the past. Jimmy Johnson is running again. Yep. All right, so he's adding uh, Jimmy back. Connor Daly, our guy from the IndyCar, uh, who we had uh, earlier in the season. Connor Daly is back behind the wheel. Uh, Kimmy Rakkonen, the Formula Rockin One champ. Yeah, one, this yeah. guy is. I just uh, mentioned it to Logan. He's like, oh my god, this guy is an absolute yeah. stud. Yeah. And I was like, but hold on. And he's a Formula One champ. He's known as the Iceman. Uh, he's from Finland. And then another Formula One champ, uh, Jensen Button, uh, is going to be in there. Who, from what I understand, is also a stud. And then we have that kid Jordan Taylor coming in for Chase. The kid. We have that guy Jordan Taylor coming in for Chase. Josh Berry is only doing ovals. And so Jordan Tell is coming in. So a bunch of different faces. None of those new faces are anywhere near the uh, uh, the favorites as far as on the Barstool Sportsbook and beyond. But um, So maybe one of them gives us some surprise. Uh, but it's unbelievable how, you know, Jimmy Johnson, and I know it's a different car and I know it's been a little bit, but Jimmy Johnson is nowhere near the top of the fucking leaderboard going into this Large, thing. I love this race. Yeah. This look at the list of people you just named. Like yeah. obviously they love it too. They made it an appointment. They scheduled this. They circled this on their calendar to be here. So yeah, I think uh, Circuit of the Americas is one of the best tracks that NASCAR's got. I love that they added this into their schedule. Um, F1 fans always complain NASCAR doesn't. You know they don't have turns. They don't do road courses. How's an F1 track for you? So 
this weekend should be awesome. Last year's finish was unbelievable mm-hmm. um, with Ross Chastain getting taken out and then going for revenge and taking out, you know, first and second while he was third to well get finished. the win. Yeah. So, yeah, I love everything about this race. It's shaping up to be an unreal weekend. We got great weather. And uh, hopefully we can hit a winner. A little different without Chase Elliott. And again, yeah, T's and right. P's to Chase Elliott. Get well soon. Obviously, we joke around about it a little bit. But T's and P's. But, I, you know, we don't have him as the as the overwhelming favorite going into this. Large, as much as that's true, there's been a lot of narrative. People used to call and say uh, Chase is only good on um, road courses. Like, when's the last time he's gotten an oval win? And then recently, I think... All of his success has come on ovals, and he struggled at road courses. So, yeah, uh, certainly sucks that Chase isn't racing this week. But, again, I think it's it's uh, an opportunity for one of these drivers further on down the, the line to win. I'm going to ask you, Quakes. Seven uh, cup drivers will do double duty this week at Circuit of the Americas. It just sounds like a lot. Is that because... You know, there are so few uh, road courses on the schedule that they need to get out there and essentially get practice runs in different vehicles. You have, uh, I'll go through it real quick if that's okay. Uh, I think Saturday's Xfinity race, Eric Amarola, A.J. Allmendinger, William Byron, and Ty Gibbs. Allmendinger and Gibbs, it's really not that big of a departure, right? Because that's was their bread and butter. And then three are in uh, the truck series. Alex Bowman, Ross Chastain, and Kyle fucking Bush is the overwhelming favorite in that truck race. I think it's plus one fifty. Really? That's that. I mean, for for NASCAR, you know, lines in general, that's an overwhelming favorite. So we have seven guys. Is just get to practice in? I think so. I think it's just you have so many turns there. It's like being able to to find your spots, find your lines, find like what speed you need to be getting in for turn twelve. Like, I think just the more reps you can get when mm-hmm. it's more than just, like, an oval where it's, like, you know, this is your line for turn one, two. That's the speed you want to carry in, depend on, like, your tire wear. Like, with so many turns. 20 of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just, like, being able to kind of get to where it's repetitive. You know what you're doing. I think that's probably why they're doing it. And it's, I don't know, it's coded. They probably have fun with it. Yeah, probably. You, do you like so I we're gonna go to picking the tires in one second and I know we typically don't include in Quiggs's graphic because we don't put it out till the weekend closer to the race like see qualifying stuff we usually don't include truck series uh, picks but when I looked at the truck series lines like I said before with Kyle Busch now at plus one fifty five I think I'm gonna jump all over Zane Smith like I think you have you have Kyle Busch and Alex Bowman out in front at plus 155 and plus 600. But Zane Smith is no different than he was before. He's still a fucking stud. So if I can get him as plus 600, I think I'm going to jump on him there. That's also on Saturday. It's another doubleheader, Truck Series Xfinity. So Truck Series stuff will go off at 1.30, and then the Pit Boss 250 will go off at 5 p.m. So um, You know yeah. what I would love to do, Large? Kyle Busch is plus 150 for the truck race. Yes. If we could do Kyle Busch versus the field. Kyle Busch versus the field. Kyle Busch, the field. It would probably be like uh, minus 200 for the field. No. Yeah. Yeah, right? You'd have to pay for it, yeah. I would, I would, I would I jump on the field. I think that could be fun. I think yeah. that could be fun. Yeah. That'd be a I great think, bet. I think I'm going to do similar to that first bet. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? 
Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. All right, so we're going into Coda. Who do we like? Who'd like to go first? Quiggs, you start us off. Uh, I like Chase Elliott, but he's not racing. So. Yeah, damn uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that would make it easy if he was racing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Rogue Kyle, Co- Kyle Larson jumped right in as that. Like, so he, I think Elliott last year was around where Larson is at plus 650. 650. Yeah. Um, road courses are they're a frustrating one to bet on because you could have a guy that you bet on and you look at the leaderboard and it just says like minus 58 seconds and you're like, we're never getting back up there. <laughs> um, I think I'm going with two guys. I'm going with AJ Allmendinger, who I think is plus 1250-ish. Yeah, 1200. 1200. And then Kyle plus 800. Okay. I just think Kyle Busch is Kyle Busch. Like, yeah. He's not necessarily like a road course specialist, but he's Kyle Busch. Um, and then all Almendinger is always in the mix on these road courses. So those are, those are my two. I don't really think I'm going to do any top tens, anything like that. I think I'm just going with those two simple. I have a lot of overlap with you, Quiggs. I, I'll go next. So I like AJ Almendinger. I like Alex Bowman. I like Ross Chastain and I like Daniel Suarez. Now you could take track house and get Ross and Daniel plus 500, thought about that which i feel kind of good about i the other thing is that i like a lot of these car numbers that i like i also tyler reddick i think will be a factor but all these guys have one thing in common aside from ross chastain and that's car numbers that are 15 and a half or over which is minus 117 on the barstool sports book that includes uh aj allmendinger and alex bowman who finished second and third and pretty much almost won the race last year you got daniel suarez in the 99 car you got tyler reddick in the 45 car and i know i'm missing several others but those are the four that come to mind early so i don't know i'm just kind of floating out a lot of pick do you think it's worth doing that like do you think suarez is going to be a factor or should you just take Honestly, I kind of do. I know. I keep going back and forth about whether um, he did it he once will. before, and like people were questioning. And like Suarez wound up having a couple of better. Suarez, yeah, Suarez won in Sonoma when we were there on that road course. So he's oh, he's yeah. he's a wheelman. And plus, I feel like isn't that uh, he grew up racing karting and shit. Yeah, I probably, could yeah. fa- fact check me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he has tremendous experience on on road course uh, layouts. But so it probably I is worth it. Yeah, I don't hate Daniel Suarez. I do think it's interesting though if you go to the the um, team of race winner, and I think this speaks to answer your question, Quigs. Trackhouse is plus five hundred. You got to go down, uh, all the way. There's there's four teams ahead of RCR, which is plus seven fifty. So, like, my point is they feel a lot better about Daniel Suarez's ability to compete for the win as opposed to Austin Dillon's. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of value to be had in Trackhouse plus 500 or take Ross or Daniel outright. I like those guys. I'm probably going with Trackhouse to win plus 500. That's, yeah, that's what I'm leading with. Large, what do you got? Um, I was trying to find a reason to bet Chase Briscoe. I don't know if I like him to win, but I think I like Br- uh, Briscoe's top Ford. 
I think I like Briscoe as better than Joey, uh, Blaney, Austin Sindrick, Busher, and McDowell. I think I'm going to jump on our guy Chase Briscoe at plus 700 as the top forward. I told you I think I'm, I am. I'm taking Zane Smith on Friday um, for the uh, for, excuse me on Saturday for the truck race. Uh, Almendinger is the favorite in the Xfinity race, right? Everyone kind of likes him. What's his He's odds? Plus two fifty. That's I don't like to do that. Yeah, if like, he was like plus four hundred, I think I'd hop on that. Right. Just, so I think for Saturday's race, because we are going to try and pay attention to Xfinity again. I, you know, AJ, like I said, has familiarity in the Xfinity ranks. So does Ty Gibbs. And Ty Gibbs is plus 500. I, like I think I'm going to grab Ty Gibbs on Saturday night. Is that a good one? I like that. I, I think I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the return to uh, Xfinity for Ty Gibbs. The only people who are ahead of him as far as thinner odds is Amendinger at uh, plus 250. William Byron at plus 300 because he's, he's racing Saturday night also. Then it's Ty Gibbs there, plus 500. So I think I'm going to take Ty Gibbs. Ty will also move someone, if need be, to, yeah. for the win. Yeah. So that's so why I'm a king. Like, so for the whole weekend, I'm Zane Smith, Ty Gibbs. I'm going to go um, our guy, uh, Chase Briscoe, for the top forward. And I like Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, I like him at plus 1,000 um, to win on Sunday. I'm also betting Kyle. I'm gonna. I think a lot of people might piggyback the Kyle Bush thing. I wonder if the boosted odds. We should just go Kyle and Kyle. Like Either take Kyle a little to win. chalky. I know, but Larson Bush. I don't hate see that. If we could boost those odds. I think chalky's good for road course. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I would be down for that if the great people at Barstool Sportsbook are willing. And I able. don't want to touch stage one, two, and final. Like I, I know sometimes we fuck around with that one. I don't think that comes into play. Yeah. Well, no stages. That. No stages. Oh, okay. Right. Then, didn't they say no stage? Oh, no stages at all. I thought there were stages with no breaks afterwards. Maybe. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought that would. So anyway, I don't think I'm going to touch that regardless. So just to trim it down, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback Kyle. I'm going to take Tyler Reddick to win. Um, Ty, uh, yeah, Ty Gibbs and uh, Zane Smith. I got two things for you. I got one out as well. First of all, AJ Allmendinger, I like plus. Uh, well. Maybe I should say this. I was going to say, I, I, I'm intrigued by this matchup. It's uh, AJ Allmendinger plus 115 over Kyle Larson, who's minus 150 in a head-to-head matchup. I don't know. I think both those guys are going to be there at the end, and AJ's got kind of good value as a dog. Do you want to yeah, but... think about this then? I, I might do two parlays. Two, AJ, AJ Allmendinger to win on Saturday night and Sunday – and Kyle Bush to win on Saturday morning and Sunday. Like, I think, like, to double them up, right? Like, I, I thought you were going to go Almondinger to win Xfinity, Bush to win Trucks. So, yeah, so Bush, Trucks, and, um, yeah, maybe that. That's, that's even better. that's where they dominate, like. Right, and then, I, and then I'm kind of protected because I have Gibbs and Smith. Yeah. Like, so it gives me a lot more to look at on Saturday. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I, like I know that, that won't right, I'll graphic. ride it with you. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, all right, anything else? Uh, I want to throw in this. I don't know if this is a smart pick, but Jimmy Johnson top ten. Love it. Really? I just I don't know. He in in uh, Daytona, he looked like he still had it. I'm You're sure, right. like racing F1, like it's a lot of road courses. I'm sure that helped a tiny bit. I don't know if it translates, but 
It'd be fun to see him in the top ten. Also, he was adamant about participating in this race. Yeah. So, they're so. For, probably for good reason. Give him that. So, what about the other guy? So, Jimmy Johnson, top ten, is plus 290. What about Kimi Räikkönen? Räikkönen. Do we like him? Plus ah. 250? Do any of those well, other I'm guys? Well, I'm intrigued by that. It's too, too big of a transition. That matchup as well. Kimi, Kimi is plus uh, 113. Jordan Taylor's minus 148 in a head-to-head matchup. Oh, really? Yeah. So, if you want to... If you feel a strong way about one of those guys, either way, I appreciate that uh, we got a head-to-head between two guys that aren't traditionally cup drivers, or aren't full-time cup drivers, I should say. Yeah, I, just, I just don't know. I don't know how they're going to perform, in, right. like if they've never raced in a stock car. Um, all right, so the point is is that there is a ton of stuff to look at on the Barstool Sportsbook this week. Again, if you sign up using code TURNEY, you can bet 10 bucks on any college basketball, get $100 in bonus cash, and then immediately go over to the NASCAR section and overwhelm yourself with the imagi- uh, with the amount of stuff you can bet on. Uh, again, if you guys have any ideas about merch, we'd love to hear them. Um, I'm fine-tuning the, uh, the, the Rushmore thing. I think it looks good. So hopefully they, it can get done. Uh, thank you again to uh, Joey Logano for finally coming on the show, um, and we'll see you guys next week.